One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the show that wields the mighty power of the song story to get our guests to open up about themselves and their lives, almost like there's not even a microphone right there in front of them. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is Andriana Shepard. Andriana is the consumer reporter at Wink News in Fort Myers, where she's been a reporter since February of 2020. Before moving to Southwest Florida, she was a nightside reporter at KDRV Newswatch 12 in Medford, Oregon for almost three years. There, she was also the go-to break news reporter with daily live reporting duties and was a fill-in producer for the evening newscasts. Andriana was born and raised in Los Angeles and graduated with her BA in broadcast and electronic communication arts from San Francisco State University. She says she's passionate about mental health care, loves to run, though not very fast, and enjoys reading psychological thrillers. And she says these days most of her free time is dedicated to her 10-year-old she-weenie named Pablo. That's a cross between a chihuahua and a wiener dog and a cat that adopted her named Sabrina. Hey there, Andreana. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing very well. I have a quick question. So I complimented you on your Birkenstocks when you came in and you said you don't have to be on the air until 3. Do they shoot your feet? Do you have to have good footwear on when you're doing a stand-up? Yes. Yes. Ideally, yes. I I should be better with that. But at 3 o'clock, they do not show my feet. At 4 o'clock, they do show my feet. So that's when I swap out into my heels. Understood. But like you go on the air in Birkenstocks. I do go on the air in Birkenstocks sometimes <laughs> during the summer, especially during the pandemic when I was the only person in the building. But I have horribly flat feet. Heels are very hard for me, so I try to be comforted, comforted until the very last second. Understood. Okay, so where did you grow up and how would you describe the musical background of that growing up? So I grew up in Los Angeles, California, born and raised. Um, the music that we listen to in my family is so everything, just just everything. Um, one of the fond memories I think my mom has is she took me to go see Con Air just so I could hear that one Trisha Yearwood song. <laughs> Wait, the Nicolas Cage movie? Yes. <laughs> I know. Yes, I was doing Cage I Man too. I'm like, the band Con, no, the Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> took me to go see that because How Do I Live was in it, and I loved that song. Um, I have very fond memories being in the back seat of my grandma's car listening to Andrea Bocelli and singing hmm. what I thought was Italian. Um, lots of soft rock love song type of stuff. Um, Lots of rap as well and hip-hop and pop, whatever was on, I I think we we loved and I grew up with that. I have a very weird vinyl collection. Oh, you do have vinyl still today, so you play music off vinyl. I do. What was the most recent record you bought? Tim Burton's (laughs) The Nightmare Nightmare Before Christmas. Why are you laughing about that? That's great. (laughs) (laughs) It went... (laughs) It sold out, and then I went on a mission to find it, and I found it, and <laughs> it was the, it was a great addition in spooky season. All right. Um, so um, what was the first music that you owned yourself? Do you remember, like, having something that was yours? That I bought? Yeah, well, not necessarily, but maybe the first, yeah, the first thing you choose to own. Ooh, if I can remember... I know the Backstreet Boys, one of their albums that was given to me, but purchased was probably some pop punk, like mid 2000s scene album. Okay. <laughs> Good Charlotte. 
it's probably it was probably along the lines of Fall Out Boy or Panic at the Disco. Yes. Um, but some one of those, I think. I just can't remember which one because I, I was I was heavily in that phase when when that was a thing. What was the first uh, band or act that you sort of really bonded to as a kid, or you know, once you started being able to have some uh, opinion of your own? I've always loved the Backstreet Boys, but I think I was too young to really form an opinion on how much I loved that. But you just swept into it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was raised in it, molded by it. But I think <laughs> the. <laughs> The Academy is. They were a. They're no the longer. The Academy is. The Academy dot, dot, dot. is. Dot, dot, dot. Okay. They were a. In that era, pop punk, emo scene type stuff. Um, I remember walking around in Target. A song was stuck in my head, and I could. I did not know who it was. I know I bought a bunch of music for my new iPod. And got stuck in my head. I went home and then just like immersed myself in it probably for the next five years. I hate that I still remember every aspect. I know, you're like, this is the first track on the third album released in this year. Right after, I think right before I bought The Nightmare Before Christmas, I bought their first album on vinyl because I was like, I have to have this. I have to have some memory of that phase as much as I try to forget it. Mm -hmm. We're going to put that in there. See, I still unironically just listen to all of those things. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting four song stories today. I could probably perform Sing all three albums. No, no, I can't do it. All three songs by myself. You'll be all singing albums, later, I mean. by the way, just so you know. I'm sure. Um, okay, so uh, musical instruments, did you play any? Were there any being played around you? No. No? No. Um, I have a baby grand. It's one of the things my grandma left me, but okay. I cannot play. Huh. She was. That must be a lot of moving it around. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, mine is in storage. She bought my sister a baby grand as well for her to play. My sister did a handful of lessons and was like, "Grandma, I don't want to do this anymore." So you just you you don't want to play it. You know, you could learn. I could learn, but the my sister's baby grand that my grandma got her is now in the house in L.A. I have, a, I have a small apartment, right. so it is now in storage in Los Angeles. So it's it's a someday piano for you. Yes, and I, I would love to learn. We'll see how, how well that goes. If you could learn a musical instrument instantly, Matrix style, which would you choose? The drums. The drums. Mm-hmm. The drums. Mm-hmm. Why? I did have a drum set at mm. one point. Just never learned how to play it. And it's always I just always thought it was so cool. Okay. Wait, in your didn't learn how to play it. <laughs> I didn't learn how to play, did it. play were... it. Did you play it a lot? And then, and then, I'm, I there's a period when did you're you learning try? drums this... <laughs> when nobody likes that you're learning drums. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, it, <laughs> uh, we got it, and then my mom gave me a DVD, but I don't think I really sat down and watched the DVD. I know I did take a handful of guitar lessons. The guitar teacher told me my hands were too small. Mm. At the time, so I kind of dropped that a little bit. Okay. Well, it is time for your first song. Okay. Um, it's the Chuck Mangione song, oh, right? Oh, man. Yes. Okay. Mean. So uh, do you want to tell the Hill fan? Do you want to tell the story first or do you want to or do you want to listen to it? I'd love to tell the story first because okay. if I listen to it, I will probably cry. Wow. Uh, let me pull up our That was email. a good wow, Richard. That was a solid wow. That was a solid <laughs> wow. <laughs> so... With this story, it's this song has a lot of emotional meaning to my family. 
my great-grandma died before I was born. She died in the 80s, and my mom was in her teens, and they were very close. And we had tapes of just them talking in the house to my great-grandma, great-grandpa. I did meet my great-grandpa, um, and we now live in that home. Sorry. Um, there are tapes of them talking about whatever, and this song comes on, and you can hear it, and she has asthma. She gets up and dances and gives herself an asthma attack. Um, and now that song has a meaning in my family, and it's transferred over into what it means for other people. And so when the song comes on the radio, everybody gets really emotional. But it wasn't really attached to me until my grandma died, and I was in charge of making the music. And everybody said, oh, Chuck Mangione. And I was like, got it. Put it on there. And we were in the backyard for the repass, had a CD player going because we had to burn a CD at the time, put it on there, and it was on a shuffle of sorts. And when this song came up, everybody who really knew my grandma, you could all see them kind of slump. And then kind of go, aw, and kind of like not quite burst into tears, but kind of like subtly start crying. And I did too. And now it's, it's kind of like whenever the song comes on the radio now for me, I'm like, okay, everything's all right. And the same thing goes with my mom when she thinks about it. She's like, oh, mom's talking to me. Hmm. Well, shall we listen to it? Yes. <laughs> I have the, the full version, and then there was like a short version. This song is unbearably long. I don't even know if I've heard the full thing. Well, I think we... we've always done the short <laughs> one. Okay, well, we'll listen to the short <laughs> one. This is Feels So Good by Chuck Mangione from the 1977 album of the same name. When was the last time you listened to it? Probably like two weeks ago. It came on when I was driving back from Cape Coral. Hmm. What were you feeling and thinking during that listening? I did get emotional when I listened to it and was like, we're going we're gonna to save this for when I'm on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I want to go back to the recording thing. So they, did they have a habit of recording themselves like just at, around the house? Or? I'm not quite sure. Um, I remember – so on Friday nights, my grandma got everybody together so that she could see all her kids and the grandkids and we had dinner together. And one of those, they, my mom got – the tapes onto CD and they listened to it and everybody was very emotional. But I hadn't met um, my great grandma, so mm-hmm. it was it was nice to see everybody kind of be able to hear her voice after a while. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they had a habit of recording their voices. Hmm. My instinct says no. Hmm. But there are, there are a lot of my great grandpa before he passed wrote a memoir. Oh really? So we have yeah, and my uncle is a was a poet. Hmm. That song, you know, um, one of the things we've learned through this show is that you never know what song is going to become that song. You right. know what I mean? Like, it could have been a different song. It really could and have it, been. And, <laughs> and it could be, or, or maybe there's something about that song, too, that makes it all happen. But it's just fascinating how music and emotion and memory work. Yeah. You know? There are plenty of songs that, if they come on, remind me of my grandma as well. But this one was just so overarching of just the entire family. I had to choose that one. What would be a song that would remind you of your grandma? Cat's Cradle. Cat Stevens. Yes. Um, Sailing, Christopher Cross. Oh, yes. I was really Yacht bummed Rock. when they had to cancel that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything that's on the Yacht Rock station, just about. But Sailing, for sure. 
Um, so I said you never know what a song is going to remind you of. Are we good with that, Richard? Yep. So the reason I had Richard pull up that thing was so back when I first started here in 2003, we had a woman who hosted a show on Fridays whose name was Sasha. And her show was called Sound Off with Sasha. And we used to have to read a disclaimer at the beginning of it that said, the views of this program do not necessarily express those of WGCU Public Media or Florida Gulf Coast University. Because she was, you know, she was pretty not journalistic. Um, <laughs> and, and so anytime I hear this song, I hear... From WGCU, this is Sound of It, Sasha. <laughs> Education is the key to success for both individuals and nations in a competitive global marketplace. How can the highest quality of education be produced? Commenting on the yeah, channel. I, I also <laughs> hear that when so, I hear it. So we can share that together. <laughs> well, I, produced, I produced that show for, um, I think, seven years. And if I'm not wrong, um, was that wasn't one of Luke's songs, was it? Uh, no. Luke, we, I think we I, played I think that, it during it. Yeah. To yeah, I mean, uh, we eventually recorded his voice saying that and <laughs> then would fire it at the end. Like the little, you know, WGCU does not necessarily agree. I don't know. Like... Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so you grew up in L.A. Mm -hmm. You must have been around a lot of music, a lot of live music. Or were you? Yes. My first concert I went to, my parents got me Beyonce tickets. That was beautiful. I went with my mom, my aunt, and my uncle. Um, during my phase, my scene phase, I probably went to a concert every two weeks. Mm. Lots of live music. Had a few friends that were in bands that played at the Whiskey mm. um, or the Roxy, lots of that stuff. <laughs> uh, any you know, peak concert you can remember from your early days when you were still there? Beyonce, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This, this was it was her first solo tour right after Destiny's Child, so. Lot, lots of memories. She didn't have enough to perform just her own stuff at the time, so she did Destiny's Child stuff and her stuff. Do you remember uh, the song that you first slow danced to? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of when we say, like, you know, middle school slow dance? So I went to an all-girls Catholic high school, so we didn't play. We didn't play that. Okay, you got that. you get out of that side step. Easy. Yeah, I know. I know. What a cop out. No. Um, no, that's a fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I do not remember. I think I went. I went to. I know I slow danced with like one of my best friends who I took to Winter Formal, but I don't remember what song it was. Chuck me and Julie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've mentioned you have vinyl. Yes. Is that how you primarily listen to music when you're at home, or how do you primarily listen to music? When I'm at home, I will throw on any record and just kind of like clean, cook and stuff, and it kind of helps me time out my day, mm -hmm. <laughs> weirdly. Um, I very rarely listen to it actually on my phone or my iPod if I decide to listen to that. But. So you're probably an outlier in terms of your, your friends, in terms of listening to whole albums right. in their whole entirety. Right, right. I mean, right now, um, the one that I really listen to when I'm cleaning up, which I do weekly, Hamilton, mm -hmm. the Hamilton yes. soundtrack. I have that on vinyl. It's a very good album to listen to and clean to. Is that a double album probably? There's four. Four, okay, a quadruple album? Yeah, there's four in there, and they're obviously both double-sided. My daughter demands the room where it happens on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good to clean to. 
You've mentioned several times that you listen to the radio in the car, which also makes you an outlier. Right. So you listen to music on FM radio in a vehicle. Sirius XM. Okay. Or at least not on FM. I can't go back. I can't go back. (laughs) (laughs) What's your go-to channel? Yacht Rock? No. (laughs) Well, right now, Yacht Rock is over, and I think they switched it to Billy Joel, but... I would love the love station back. So there was a Yacht Rock station, but now there's not a Yacht Rock station. So in the summer, the love station becomes Yacht Rock. Oh. And then in Christmas time, the holidays, you get Holly Radio. Oh. Right now it's Billy Joel. And I'm a little upset. Hmm. Aren't there <laughs> lots of other choices? There are, but that's my favorite. Okay. Um, <laughs> um does work fit into your – does music music rather fit into your work at all? Do you listen to music like when you're standing around waiting to do a thing or just explain? Yeah. So um, when I switched over to consumer, I, I sit inside at my desk a lot more when I'm writing. So I will put up, pull up Spotify or YouTube and play something in the background while I'm writing. I find that that helps me a lot more than silence mm-hmm. <laughs> or ambient noise in the newsroom. Sometimes they'll even throw up some documentary and, like, put it down below whatever pops up on YouTube, but just the ambient noise in the back. Gotcha. So did you know you wanted to be a reporter, or how early did you know you wanted to be a reporter? Probably, like, eight or nine. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you have somebody around who was modeling that, or did you just see it on TV or read it in the paper and think, this is what I want to do? We watched the news every day in the morning and then every day at night. And we listened to we watched two different stations in the morning and then at night, and that was something I said I wanted to do, and I'm very lucky that I get to do it. Did I you do it in high school? No, we didn't have one in high school. Gotcha. So did you? Then you went to college for it. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to school? San Francisco State University. So what was that like? It was, <laughs> That's a pretty big question. So what was college like? It was <laughs> <laughs> uh, because my dad is a veteran. Um, my tuition for any California State University or University of California was free. I wanted to stay in that realm, but I also wanted to go far enough away that I would be able to gain some sort of independence from my family or learn how to be a little bit more independent from my family. So I chose almost the furthest one, (laughs) San Francisco State. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about what kind of news I wanted to do. At first, I was undeclared and thought about just regular journalism, but then knew that I wanted the TV aspect. So then I took me forever to be able to declare my major, which was broadcast and electronic communication arts. But once I did that, it felt, it felt right. And I met a lot of great people. My best friend I met on the very first day of college, and we talk every day still, and it's been 10 years. And... College was great. I had a good time. Had you spent much time in San Francisco prior to going there? Nope. Not at all. Never went. Was there any kind of culture shock between L.A. and San Francisco? I mean, I've been to both cities, but I'm not well enough to know if that makes sense. Yes. There's a lot of beef, a lot of unnecessary beef between the two cities. Hmm. And I feel it more in the Bay Area than I do in Los Angeles. Hmm. If you know, anytime there's a Dodger versus Giants game, all the Bay Area people are the ones saying, beat L.A. I don't think I've seen a single L.A. person say, beat SF or beat the Bay. There's a lot of unnecessary beef. So when you go, 
when I went and did you have to be like I'm from Los Angeles? <laughs> I was very loud and very proud of being an Angelino, but you, you do have to kind of be aware that both cities take their sports very seriously. <laughs> so I saw in your you know reading up your bio that you you know you do you shoot and you edit and everything your your pieces these days. Is that mm-hmm. something that you were learning all the way back then in college, or is that something that so yes? Yes, yes. So in college, we learned that you will probably at least start off as an MMJ multimedia journalist. So you shoot, you write, you edit. My first market, I was alone when I did my live shots. Um, so you're setting up like a tripod and then mm-hmm. just like... Flip the viewfinder mm-hmm. and make sure everything's set up and hope that nobody walks by you and says anything or anything like that. And I was the nightside reporter, so I was in the dark. But yes, and now that I've moved over to this station, I, I'm never live by myself. So that's beautiful. And every now and then I might have a photog depending on my story and if I need one. So you were doing live stand-ups by yourself. Mm-hmm. So you, at the time, I guess, what, were, what was the technology by which you were streaming back to the station? A live view or a TV view. Is that like a little mini digital data device sender thing? Yeah. It's, How's that for it's technical? A, <laughs> <laughs> I think the best way to describe it is it's a big old cell phone, and you literally just plug it into the back of your camera. You press the on button. And your producer can say, hey, I can see you. Hey, I can't see you. Maybe restart it, whatever. And they can hear you too. Were you, when you first started, were they still driving around with trucks with booms on top of them? Or was that already gone? That was gone. Can you imagine that? I know. Like I remember <laughs> back in like 2011 when Facebook Live first was like, a, they were beta testing it. And I worked at, at an art gallery and we were having a final thing and I was streaming it. And like people, I could see like you know, 150 people watching. And I was right. like, like, Three months ago, this would have taken a truck outside with a, you know, like, right. and it's just now, it's like, and then now, of course, what it allows you to do is have to work by yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, you know, I'm not in a small market anymore. I'm in a mid-sized market, and the safety aspect is, it's there. There's somebody with you when you're going live, so that's nice. <laughs> I just realized the irony of uh, the, the newer you are the more things that you have to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then as you get experience, you do less. Yes. yes. Th- theoretically. <laughs> okay. We'll talk uh, more about some of that stuff in a little bit, but let's get to your second song okay. now. My second song. Oh, are you introducing it? Sorry. No, you get to. Oh, my second song is I'd Really Love to See You Tonight by England Dan and John Ford Cooley. Um this is another one of those songs I have on vinyl that I got a year ago for my birthday because of this story. My family also, again, really loved this song, and I had been singing the lyrics wrong my entire life. <laughs> um, I thought, uh, now I don't even remember what I was singing because now I know <laughs> what the right words were, but I thought the lyrics were, I'm not talking about the linen and I don't want to change your mind. And my sister, who's five years younger than me, said, why would they need to argue about changing the linen? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, what is it? <laughs> and we listened to the lyrics and I was like, oh, OK, that's what it is. And then we listened to the whole song and all three of us, my mom, my sister and I were singing along and like I took the backup vocals part of it. And it was just it's funny now. And we all just kind of laugh. Were you guys uh, like driving around or were you in a house? Or? We were probably driving back from like a restaurant. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, Target even. Okay, well, I've never heard this song, so we're gonna really. To it. Yes, no, I have never heard it. Um, have you got? Are you even John? I mean, uh, Richard and Jared, are you guys even familiar with this? I don't. I mean, I might have heard it. I don't recognize it looking at the lyrics here. And all your songs are from like the seventies. <laughs> okay, well, let's hear it for the first time. Uh, I'd really love to see you tonight by England Dan and John Ford Coley from the album Nights Are Forever, released in nineteen seventy six. Yeah, I said I'd never heard it before. I've heard it because I was taken back to Kansas City as a kid, so I knew, know that. What is, the, what is he saying? Millenning? I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about millenning. I'm not talking about moving in. in. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not how I'm going to sing it from now on. Right, it's the linen forever. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. That's, well, and, and you've changed that. Are we talking in our about Russia? Are we talking about sheets? You know, you never know. <laughs> well, those those two lines next to each other. The linen. Are great. Like I'm not talking about the linen, and I don't want to change your life. Exactly. <laughs> it's poetic. It is. You know, it's the little things. How long ago, or like, you know, when did you make that realization? Maybe, and this is being generous to myself. Two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was today years old. Just just like that, maybe two years ago. And my sister's five years younger than me, so that meant that she was 20. Did it ever, like, stop you when you were singing it before, thinking, like, what she asked you? Like, why would they be talking about she? Nope. Never crossed my mind to be like, why wouldn't it be linen, you know? <laughs> has to has to be about the sheets. I worked at a bookstore back in the 90s, um, and we had a book that we carried that was about misheard song lyrics, and the <laughs> title was Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy. Yep, big one. From Jimi Hendrix. Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky, I think. Oh. Was the <laughs> it's from Purple Haze. From Purple okay, okay, okay. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, okay, you've twice now said that you're not going to sing. Do you do karaoke? Yes. Okay. Love it. That's singing. I know. It's different. It's different. This is very intimate. Okay. <laughs> what is your go-to karaoke song? Do you sing songs like this? Have you ever sang The I've Linen? Never, I've never sang The Linen. Um, I try to get something poppy. Like the Backstreet last, Boys? The last one we did was um, The Call by the Backstreet Boys. Hmm. Sang it with a friend. Um, are there any TV theme songs that you know well enough that if we pull it up on YouTube, that you could sing it with us. Oh, man. I mean, Spongebob. <laughs> I know Spongebob word for word. We can do the Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, Fairly Odd Parents. And get a few, a few mumbled lyrics of, like, good times. I could probably hang for most of Fairly Odd Parents, I think. What do you think? Oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> The, the performance anxiety is is there. <laughs> it's like karaoke. But it's not the same. <laughs> this will live forever. <laughs> I think it's too late, though. Oh, man. Oh, man. You did this to yourself. <laughs> See, I'm not going to be much help on this. I can sing backgrounds on this, but I can't. I can do SpongeBob, though. It's been a while since I've seen this show. <laughs> But I'm, I'm singing in my head. No. That's not singing. Odd parents, fairly odd parents. Bloody crowny things. Odd parents, fairly odd parents. We did it. <laughs> kind of.
Rose Papa Juice, Stein Sink, Birthday Cake, Lawrence Fries, Chocolate Shake. That's the one, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, we did it. We got her to sing. We did it. We did it. She talked saying, but she did it. <laughs> uh, I watched a lot of Fairly Odd, Parent, Fairly Odd Parents when my daughter was little, and SpongeBob. I, I used kinda, to love that show. I kind of live. It's a good show. I, I look They're at the world through the lens of a SpongeBob like metaphor. So do I still. Uh, well, because it's all right there. <laughs> it, it contains all the wisdom about life right there in those episodes. Um, okay, so um, what's the most recent concert you've been to? It's been a while since. Have I've you been seen any since concerts started coming back? No. Okay, so you were you're making you're having to go back a couple years. Mm-hmm. It was either Beyonce's Lemonade tour mm. or One Direction. Mm. Uh, that's what the hesitation was about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen. There's no hesitation with One Direction. Oh, okay. I love One Direction. <laughs> Who's their lead singer? Oh, they they have a few. There's five of them. Who's the who who are, who are the Harry? big one? Yes, the big one, Harry Styles. That's what it was. My yeah. daughter mentioned his name, and I was like, I don't know who that is. And she's like, You don't know who that? Dad, he's the lead singer of one. I'm like, I got nothing. Like nothing you're saying to me or words. That he's I gone know. solo, and he's doing very well. And I'm trying to get there, but he just had a concert. He did. I know. Do you have he's any concerts on your horizon? Now that things are starting to come back through town. No, but I would love to see Harry Styles. Yeah, I'm going to go see a play. When I go home for Christmas. Okay. And home is still L.A.? Yes. But still out there? Yes. What's the play? Hamilton. Oh, wow. You're getting to see Hamilton. Yes. Cool. Why? Where? The Pantages. Wow. 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 That's very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you see plays and musicals here in town at all? Have you been to Barber B. Man or anything? I haven't. I would How like to. How long have you been in town? Uh... Almost two years. Okay, so you really the haven't had a chance. Well, <laughs> yeah. then, uh, then uh, these questions make no sense. Well, you should. I will recommend, you know, Barbara B. Man, awesome stuff. You know, Broadway Palm does great stuff. Um, uh, Florida Rep, awesome. So there's really good theater in this town. Good. I'm going to Man in about a month. You oh, what? Nice. I'm going to Man in about a month. For Oh, is that The Temptations? Yeah. Ooh, Jared's nice. going to go see The Temptations. Nice. He's a Temptations head. Yeah. Nice. Is that a thing? Is there a word for that? I think it's Temptations the head. Tempties? Uh, the the tempers? I don't know. I don't know. Tempters. So, um, have you seen many concerts? What would what would you say would be the biggest act you've seen in the smallest venue? Like, what's the most intimate opportunity you've had? The biggest act I've seen in the smallest venue. (laughs) That's so hard because I. Most of my concerts were really small standing venue only. Gotcha. And only a few acts were like sitting down and whatnot. So your your concert set does not really apply to that very right, well. Right, right. Best concert you've ever been to? Oh, yes. Um, there was some festival. I don't remember the name of the festival in like the greater L.A. area in Fontana. Um, I went to go see the Academy is, but they had a bunch of people that were playing and 30 Seconds to Mars was there. That was So was Blink-182, but I think 30 Seconds to Mars, like, killed it. Have you ever traveled a long distance specifically to see a show? No. no. I think Fontana was the longest distance. <laughs> um, if you could see any act, alive or dead, who would it be? Queen. Really? Yes. Hmm. 
That's a good love answer. Queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How could you not love Queen? Love Queen. I their their records are hard to find and a little a little pricey. But I do I have found a few used ones. Have you always been into Queen? Or did you, you mm-hmm. know, so, so as a kid? Mm-hmm. Were your parents listening to Queen? My when did I I think I like discovered Queen in like middle school and when I we went to Target and my mom would let me pick out a CD every now and then and I picked Queen and my mom was like what? And then we played in the car and she was all about it and went up, that was a Friday night so I went to my grandma's house and we were talking about Freddie Mercury so I'd love he would be who I would want to see. diverge real quick here and try to make this as fast as possible. I just happened to watch a video last night on YouTube where a guy broke down how Freddie Mercury's vocal the like, auto tune yeah, yeah. <laughs> who was it Michael Bublé Michael it was Bublé like and- oh, it was yeah. like um, he, so he, he like applied these explain Ooh, I, it yeah, Richard <laughs> um, he, on the screen he had verti- uh, horizontal lines that showed like notes like here's a note here's a note higher here's a note higher and the line while Freddie Mercury was singing you could see him like slide from one note to the next oh, note wow. to the next note and back down again and where he v- did vibrato like he you know that ah, right, right. <laughs> and then he did which so no auto tune there and then he did the Michael Bublé one and you could see it go like note and then like a vertical line to the next note you can just see it getting snapped to the right note in a way that you might not hear if you're listening to it but as soon as you see it and then you listen to it and you listen to freddie who didn't obviously have autotune you suddenly realize like what they're getting away with today and you can and you can hear how much greater freddie was as soon as it's visual your ears key in and you go oh now i know yeah i'll have to find i'll send you yeah i'll send you the link um, okay, let's get on to your third song. Okay, third song. Pull up the email. It's <laughs> this one makes me laugh. It's "You're a Big Girl Now" by the Stylistics. Um, I don't know if I shared this, but my dad is now a, a retired veteran. He's a contractor at the moment. But oh, wow, um, weird noise. My <laughs> my dad was deployed a couple times in Afghanistan, and one of them was around my 10th birthday. He had R&R. He chose around Thanksgiving, which my birthday falls in there. So he got two weeks off, and he came for my birthday and terribly, terribly, terribly sang this song. And the only way my dad can do it, very silly, but it's him, and it... I had never heard the song other than my dad. And one day, probably like at most maybe five years ago, I was in the car with my mom going somewhere. And the song came on and it just like snapped. And I was like, this is what he's singing? Oh, my gosh. And so now if I do ever hear it, which is very rare, it's normally my dad singing it when like one of us has reached some silly milestone, like me moving into a new apartment. And he just sings it a cappella? Yeah. <laughs> just like the <clears throat> one line. Oh. Just the one line, because I think that's all he probably actually knows the lyrics to. <laughs> Can you sort of sing it like he would sing it for us? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so <laughs> – the performance anxiety once again. Um, You're a big girl now. <laughs> no more daddies, little girl. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and that's what he would sing, just that little bit. <laughs> Oh. And that's all I know of this song because that's all I can hear my dad singing. And so when you did hear it on the radio, how accurate was his rendition? 
Or were you like, you know, Dad, you're doing good? Or was it like, oh, it, okay. it wasn't terrible. <laughs> it was it was pretty close, but it was in it's the stylistic, so all their songs kind of sound like that. But I hadn't realized that it was them, and I hadn't realized I had never heard the song before outside of my dad singing the one line. So when it hit me, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is what it's supposed to sound like. <laughs> Do you have this on vinyl? No. Have you searched for it? I have not. You ought to. I should. Okay, let's listen to it. This is You're a Big Girl Now by the Stylistics <laughs> from their self-titled album released in 1971. I'm glad you guys were able to find that song. It's got it all. <laughs> yeah. The little breakdown there where he starts talking. <laughs> <laughs> the like old... <laughs> I can't stop laughing at <laughs> Baby, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, are you, you know, gonna? Oh, well, go ahead. Well, do you know they're still touring? What? They're gonna be in Tampa <laughs> at the Hard Rock in May. Okay. It looks like you don't know what to do with that. I just saying. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Will I be looking up uh, when I could possibly go as soon as we leave? We'll see. Hmm. You could uh, you could have your dad fly out and you guys could go see it. My dad's in Singapore right now. Oh so, wow! Yeah. What's he doing there? Military contract work. Understood. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to share this podcast with him? So yes. He gets to... Well, then say hi. Yeah. <laughs> hi, daddy. <laughs> and hi, mommy. Hi, Candace Therese. Kristen. <laughs> I put them all in there. Let's see. Like I wrote. Uncle Aaron, Uncle Phil. I wrote down during that song the words "anything else?" Question mark. I don't know why, so we're just going to move on past that. (laughs) (laughs) If you were a championship wrestler, what song would you come into the arena to? Oh, wow. It's got to be something really mighty, I feel. Wow. (laughs) It's got to be something really mighty. Brickhouse? Hey. (laughs) It's twice mighty. Mighty, mighty, yeah. Letting it all hang out. Yeah, you know what? Brickhouse. (laughs) <laughs> what would be your wrestler name? Oh my gosh! I told you Things we were going to ask never you questions thought about that before. you didn't expect. Raggedy Andy. Raggedy Andy coming into Brick House. You're going to have the hair done red. <laughs> yeah, you could do. You could pull that off if you dyed it red. <laughs> okay, if you were a cocktail or a drink of some kind, like if you were distilled into a cocktail or a drink that somehow captured your essence, what would it be? A dark and stormy. A dark and stormy. Mm-hmm. What's it's that? A good drink. It's. I compare it to like a Moscow Mule, but with rum. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's got rum and the ginger beer and. Name it. Name it. We're, we're, gonna, we're putting together a cocktail cookbook. Dark and Stormy. Dark and Stormy. Oh, but give it a name for me? Yes, brand it. Oh, <clears throat> brand it. Um, Anderlama. What? Anderlama. Those are all – shameless plug. Those are all of my <laughs> – all of my <laughs> usernames, but Andrew uh, Lama, Ander Lama, A N D E R L L A M A, Ander Lama, Ander Lama. Yeah. So one of my friends called me that in middle school, and it stuck. Gotcha. And now I, it's all of my like handles just about. And now my aunt jokingly calls me Ander Lama when she sees me. I, I make a oh sorry, no, uh, I make ahead. a cocktail called uh, any any port. In a stormy night, and it's, you make you make a dark and stormy, and you add like an ounce and a half of port. Oh. Yeah. It's okay. It's pretty good. That sounds good. Um, is that the nickname that stuck throughout your life the most, or do you have another nickname that stuck throughout your life that you'd share with us? My family, my family calls me Annie. 
My friends call me Andy. Okay. If you had to guess what song you've listened to the most times in your life, which would it be? Probably. <laughs> Something One Direction, probably, or the Skylar Sisters, Hamilton. Work. Work. I still should probably watch Hamilton you do. these days. You do. You have to. <sighs> Um, most overplayed song of all time, in your opinion? Overplayed. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. I don't want anybody to come after me for this. Um, probably. So- <sighs> See, overplayed. I feel like. The thing, the one that's coming to my head is something post Malone. But I think it was just because I was in Medford in my last market, and I feel like that song was always, always, always on the radio. That's Oregon? Mm hmm. How'd you wind up there? It was my first news job. That's just, you put out, you went online and looked for jobs, and there was a job there. I applied to like 100, and they called me back. Where is Medford in Oregon? Southern Oregon, so about 30 miles north of the California border. There's a university down there, right? Southern Oregon University? Yes. Is that it? Yeah, is in that Ashland. Like, that's near where you are? Mm-hmm. We I went to high them. school with their lead counsel. Oh, nice. Yeah, I just okay. – <laughs> my, my one connection to that part of Oregon. Nice. Yes, Jared. Uh, Post Malone has a song called Wow. You know what? It was wow. It was wow. (laughs) The matrix is breaking down, Mike. It's running out of variables, man. There's not enough of them. Um, Are there any songs that you'll avoid listening to for reasons of memory? Oh, I don't think so. No? How about styles of music or songs that you'll avoid listening to because you can't stand them? Oh, this is such an easy answer, but I'm going to go for it. If it's not like Faith Hill or Shania or Trisha, it's the country. Okay. Um, If you could broadcast a song into the head of every person on the planet simultaneously, which would it be? I think right now it's probably something Hamilton. We're going to do the Skylar Sisters with Hamilton. Okay. Um, is there a best album of all time, in your opinion? No. No? Mm-mm. I think music eh. Music uh, is so – we have so many opinions wrapped around music, and I think whatever someone loves, that is the best. Uh, Andrana, mm-hmm. you could probably pull off Angelica Skylar I would at love Halloween. It. See, this year I was a loofah. Next you... year I will be Angelica. <laughs> That's were, a big difference. You were a loofah? I was a loofah. Yeah, all right. Not aloof. Were, were you an aloof loofah? Not that a, is there's smart. not some character in the popular culture named Alufa that I'm no, missing. Alufa. <laughs> literally, I a was a loofah. shower loofah. Yeah. Oh, that's spectacular. <laughs> I just you've got like the hair, yeah, the curly pretty hair. Close, yeah, I could I can see the like the dress, like the big long one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would require a lot of work. But I know someone, a few people, a couple people who would be my um, my other sisters as well. Um. Yeah, if you had to choose an album that could be the one that you would only ever listen to again, which would it be? Only? Yep. Kind of like that Desert Island thing. I wish people could see the look on your face. You look really, (laughs) really, really uh, challenged. (laughs) Oh, man. Because I haven't given them much love, I'll, I'll do One Direction's second album. 
Uh, was there a fourth song that almost made it on your list? Yes. What was it? Um, Christopher Cross's Sailing. Oh. Why? My Short grandma. Yeah. Just thought about my grandma. But I couldn't think of a specific memory that tied that song to oh, my grandma. Good job. But <laughs> Do you remember how long ago you first heard the phrase Yacht Rock? Because I, I, it, it's only been a few years for me. And I'm like, have I missed this all along or did somebody invent it recently? You asked me this same question like a while ago, too. <laughs> or you asked somebody else the same well, question. Because I want to know the entomology of the phrase Yacht Rock. I had only heard Yacht Rock on Sirius in the summer when they change it to Yacht Rock Radio. And then I was like, that's actually a perfect description, especially yeah, yeah, for no, When here. I first heard it, I was like, oh, yeah. all right. Um, what would your 14-year-old self think of who you are today? Good job. Yeah? Yeah. Any advice you'd like to send back in time? It's going to be okay and don't take yourself so seriously. And just do exactly what you're doing because it's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. Go, go, go figure out your anxiety problems and put work into it so you can be okay. That's good advice. Um, what are you covering today? Do you know? Yes. Um, it's done. Uh, <laughs> we... I, I have a consumer block in the show. So we talk about your rights in terms of shipping delays for your packages. So let's say you order something and it's just not getting there in the time frame that the company seller said that it would get there. What can you do? And daylight saving time it ends on Sunday and the mantra, change your clocks, change your batteries for your fire alarms. Um, do you choose... Your stories, are they assigned to you, or is it a combination of the two? A combination of the two. I chose everything I did today. Um, I think I'm choosing everything I did last week, but if there's something important, my um, EP that I work under will say, like, we, we have to do this. And I'm like, you're right. All right. Let me put some work into this. Okay. It is time for you to recommend your three people. Oh, it's on air? Yes. We can bleep out the one yeah, who wants gonna, to listen to one. They're going to hear you say, you can just, yeah. They'll okay. hear it go, beep. Or you could just say their name and they don't have to do it. Okay. Well, I asked my friend Brianna Ross, another Wink reporter. She said yes. I have not asked another person yet, but I know she would do well, and I think she would do it. Another Wink reporter, Sydney Persing. Okay. And then the person who would like to listen and hear how my experience was, Chris Afati, Wink News anchor. Okay. See, this is what happens when you get news people in here. We only know each other. Yeah. Well, and I told you before the show, we've been trying to figure out a way to wiggle into the commercial TV market. So you're, you're helping with You got Kyle in there, and here we go. <laughs> here we go. Exactly. We need to put him on the, on the we don't get paid anyway roster for salary. <laughs> Do you know Colin Mannon by chance? Colin Mannon. No. He's an engineer at Wink. Oh, I'm really bad with anybody. That happens a lot. I've noticed people don't know who their engineers are. No, no. This big guy with the beard. Oh, with the beard and the long hair. <laughs> yeah, that's him. He does have those things. Yes, yes, I do. And he, yes, I do know Colin. He's a pretty cool guy. He's nice, yeah. Yeah, he's not bad. Why do you know him, Tara? Oh, he's my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> when I see him inevitably walk by my desk today, I'm going to say, I met Tara today. Yeah. And he's probably going to get freaked out about why. I met you today. He'll probably know why. Okay. Okay, good. good, good, good. <laughs> okay, Andriana, you've done it. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm not nervous anymore, but now I'm nervous about listening to it and having other people listen to it. Welcome to the club. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you. We make three-song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara Calligan is online content producer and host. Chris Duffus is our executive producer. And our theme song was made by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's Parting Tune, we're going back to episode 142 with Desiree De Molina, who is the communications manager at the Alliance for the Arts in Fort Myers. Desiree's first song story was about a moment when she was about five years old when she came across her dad having a moment with Led Zeppelin and the life realizations she gleaned from that moment. Walking up the stairs one day because Led Zeppelin was just blasting through the home. In particular, one song, which was Going to California, which is my first song. And my dad was home at the time listening to it and his door was shut and I'm like well aren't we gonna have a dance party if the music is playing this loud so I creaked open the door because what five-year-old has the manners to knock and I caught a visual of my dad sitting at his desk with his head down just completely absorbed in the moment um, and very clearly touched And as a young person, I I didn't realize that people could be tearful without being sad. Um, And then to see my my father sad, not necessarily sad, just uh, overwhelmed with emotion in that moment. I, maybe not in that exact and precise moment, but after I stepped away and digested that visual, realized the impact that music could have on a person's life and stage and memory. Um, So I retreated out of the office, but the song and the visual stick out pretty, pretty vividly to me. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. I can do the twirly dance at, you know, a Grateful Dead show and kind of do all that. but (laughs) Wiggle around. Yeah, wiggle around. You know, the twirly dance is uh, as it's sometimes recalled as. But I have just like no rhythm. It's terrible.